Wrestling with Theology is a weekly Bible study that seeks to equip you to wrestle with the theologies that surround us in our everyday life. Through these studies, your faith in Christ will be strengthened through the Scriptures and the Lutheran Confessions. Join Pastor Minton for these next few minutes as he helps you get ready to wrestle with theology. Right, it's time once again for Wrestling with Theology. I am Pastor Doug Minton, here as your guide as we go into the fifth Wednesday Wrestle Extravaganza. As we look at the first 17 cards of the Clash of the Champions series in Jim Crockett Promotions and World Championship Wrestling. Honestly, I have to say, I was real excited when Clash of the Champions first came on in 1988 great way to be able to have a super card a pay-per-view quality card on regular cable tv and unfortunately you go from clash of the champions one in march of 1988 as being really the pinnacle of the clash of the champions series and then it just dives shortly after that so as we go through the first 17, we have the cards from 1988 to 1991. And I've got a link to my blog post with the videos I have found from these. Some of them are full cards. Some of them are just matches. So I encourage you to look at those if you are interested in them. So we start off with Clash of the Champions 1, March 27th, 1988, Greensboro Coliseum. Five matches on the card, and each one is better than the one before. Starting off with a college rules match. Three rounds of five minutes each using college amateur rules. Mike Rotunda versus Jimmy Garvin. This has been brewing for a while and will continue to brew throughout the late 80s between Jimmy Garvin and the varsity club of Kevin Sullivan Mike Rotunda, Steve Williams, and those guys. Then you had the U.S. Tag Team title match with the Midnight Express defending against the Fantastics. A six-man barbed wire match. Awesome match. One of the things that got me really into barbed wire matches was the Road Warriors and Dusty Rhodes versus the Powers of Pain and Ivan Koloff. Then you have the World Tag Team titles on the line where Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard defend against Lex Luger and Barry Windham. And then the capstone of the entire thing, the 45-minute time limit draw world heavyweight title match, Ric Flair versus Sting. This was too, so highly touted that they had celebrity judges there. Five celebrity judges on there, four of them allowed to vote because you had one kid from the Wonder Years who played the older brother, can't think of his name right now, but they refused to let him vote because they knew he would vote for Sting. So you had two 
for Flare, two for Sting. Flare keeps the title due to the draw. The link for the entire card is in the blog post in the episode description. Clash number two, they start to name them like they're going to be huge pay-per-view type things. But you have Miami Mayhem, June 8th, 1988. James L. Knight Center in Miami, Florida. Not near as great as the previous clash. Five mediocre matches topped off by the World Tag Team titles. Once again, being defended by Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, this time against Dusty Rhodes and Sting. I've got the link for that match on the post. Number three brings us to Fall Brawl, September 7th, 1988. Albany Civic Center, Albany, Georgia. Again, a mediocre card. And really, the only match of any magnitude, any interest at all. Russian chain match. Ivan Koloff versus Ricky Morton. Now, Ricky Morton is usually considered just a tag team wrestler in the Rock and Roll Express. But he had a few good singles runs even before they started the York Foundation. But this match was what sent Ivan Koloff and Paul Jones parting ways. Because Ivan Koloff was like the inventor of the Russian chain match. And he loses to some punk tag team guy that he hand-picked. So we move to December 7th, 1988. UTC Arena, Chattanooga, Tennessee for season's beatings. There, they were two good matches. Paul Jones facing off against Ivan Koloff, and Koloff having one arm tied behind his back during this match. Of course, that brought out the powers of pain to wipe out Koloff. But then the other one was Road Warrior Animal versus Dusty Rhodes for control of the world six-man tag team title. The tag team titles that they had won in the barbed wire match in the first clash but now the Road Warriors had turned on Dusty, and now Animal and Dusty were fighting over control of the six-man tag team titles. The entire card is available in the link in the blog. We move into 1989. Clash of the Champions number 5, St. Valentine's Massacre, February 15, 1989. Cleveland Convention Center, Cleveland, Ohio. Matches were not that great, since it was really just a build-up card for the Chi-Town Rumble pay-per-view the following Sunday. It did, however, have the infamous Ric Flair promo where Ricky Steamboat came out and stripped him down to his trunks and socks. And no, I cannot find the link for that promo out on YouTube. Surprisingly enough, this was one of those great moments where it's not a wrestling match it's just the promo being done that brings out the crowd and that was the highlight all right number six raging cajun april 2nd 1989 this was around the time of jim crockett promotions buying out bill watts's universal wrestling federation so they have clash of the champions in the new orleans superdome Three good tag team matches, as well as the world heavyweight title being decided in a best of three falls match. You had the Samoan SWAT team versus the Midnight Express. You had the world tag team champion Road Warriors defending their titles against the Varsity Club being 
Mike Rotunda, and Steve Williams. You had the U.S. Tag Team title match, where Eddie Gilbert and Rick Steiner defended against the Varsity Club, this being Dan Spivey and Kevin Sullivan. And then the World Heavyweight title best of three falls match with Ricky Steamboat defending against Ric Flair. No links for any of the matches on this one. June 14, 1989, Ritz Epps Fitness Center in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Clash of the Champions, number seven, Guts and Glory. Continuation of a tag team tournament, but now I'm not sure which title for. It also had Jimmy Garvin's debut officially as a Freebird. And then probably one of the dumbest tag team gimmicks ever. The Ding Dongs. So you had Jimmy Garvin debuting as a Freebird, tag teaming with Michael Hayes against the Midnight Express. I've got the link for that in the blog post. And then the Ding Dongs debut against George South and Cougar J. Yes, I've got the link for that because you can find that on YouTube. And it was just really one of the dumbest tag team gimmicks ever. And I don't think it really lasted much out of the summer of 89. So we move to Clash of the Champions number eight. Fall Brawl 89, September 12th, Carolina Coliseum in Columbia, South Carolina. The thing in here was the evolution of Robin Green, the super fan of Rick Steiner, to woman. Uh, not much else to talk about. And honestly, having gone back and seen some of the stuff in Florida from when uh, Nancy Sullivan at the time did, I was glad they put the woman portrayal as they did because when she was Fallen Angel or any of the other things where basically it was like, okay, how little can we have her wear uh, and still have it on TV? That was just not really worth it. So that all happens in the World Tag Team title match with the Freebirds defending against the Steiners. Uh, no video of that one. November 15th, 1989, Clash of the Champions number 9, New York Knockout at the Houston Field House in Troy, New York. This was the fallout from the Halloween Havoc pay-per-view a couple weeks earlier, as well as preparation for the Iron Man Iron Team tournaments at Starcade. The only match on this card that was worth a darn was the I Quit match. World heavyweight title, Ric Flair defending against Terry Funk. I gained a great deal of respect for Terry Funk throughout the buildup and conclusion of this match. I was not exactly thrilled with him pile-driving Flair through a table on WCW Saturday night, but you had to start building the heat somewhere. But that link is in the blog post. Moving into 1990 now, Clash of the Champions 10, Texas Shootout, February 6th, Memorial Coliseum, Corpus Christi. There was a humorous Falls Count Anywhere match, Titles versus Masks, and a six-man tag team steel cage match. The Falls Count Anywhere match. Norman the Lunatic versus Kevin Sullivan. This is the one that ends up with Sullivan pinning 
Norman in the women's bathroom. The World Tag Team titles versus the mask as the Steiner brothers defend against Doom. And this is the one where Doom is unmasked, kind of inadvertently, really, as they wrote it. But they see that it is Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. From the 80s, two of the most pushed African-American wrestlers. And really great wrestlers at that. Then the six-man tag team steel cage match. The four horsemen, Ric Flair, Ole Ar and Arn Anderson versus Gary Hart International, which had Dragon Master, Buzz Sawyer, and Great Muda. And again, no videos for any of these. We move to June 13th, 1990. Coastal Crush from the McAllister Fieldhouse in Charleston, South Carolina. Lots of disqualifications in all of these matches. It's like everybody decided we're just going to have dusty finishes for all of them. Everybody gets disqualified and it's basically just a wash. This is the one time though that I believe Junkyard Dog got a world heavyweight title shot against Ric Flair on that card. We move to September 5th, Clash number 12, Mountain Madness or Fall Brawl 90. It went by both names. We're there in the Asheville Civic Center in Asheville, North Carolina. You have Susan Sexton defending the LPWA title against Bambi. You have Lex Luger defending the U.S. heavyweight title against Ric Flair. And then you have one of the wonderful matches for the world heavyweight title where Sting is defending against the Black Scorpion, uh, this time being Al Perez, which he did a lot of times. Uh, Al Perez was a decent wrestler, but he was just enough of a size to Flair that when Flair's fighting in another match, Perez could be the Black Scorpion, but later on we do have the Black Scorpion being unmasked in a cage match as Flair. Clash of the Champions, number 13. Thanksgiving Thunder, November 20th, 1990. Jacksonville Memorial Coliseum, Jacksonville, Florida. Probably one of the worst Clash cards ever. The best match on the card was a continuation of the Freebird Southern Boys feud that went on for far too long. This is probably the feud that I would put up second as being the longest waste of time right after the New World Order. So we move into 1991 now to get these last four clashes that we're going to talk about this week. Clash number 14, Dixie Dynamite. January 30th, 1991, Georgia Mountain Center, Gainesville, Georgia. Historically, this has been rated as the worst clash card. Wrestling Observer Newsletter did a poll with only 79 of 394 respondents giving the card a thumbs up. Two big matches on the card. Uh, Ric Flair defending the World Heavyweight title against Scott Steiner. Eh, snoozer of a match. But the highlight of the entire card was the arm wrestling match between Missy Hyatt and Polly Dangerously. Yes, that arm wrestling match. And of course, that's the only match that has a video for it on YouTube. Number 15, 
Knoxville, USA, June 12, 1991, Civic Auditorium, Knoxville, Tennessee. This card, again, very mediocre, but it has the one match that Bobby Eaton wishes everyone remembered. His best of three falls match against Ric Flair for the world heavyweight title. There was a great lineup potential, but it was poor on execution. Clash of the Champions number 16, Fall Brawl, September 5th, 1991, Augusta, Richmond County Civic Center, Augusta, Georgia. Semifinal matches in the light heavyweight title tournament, along with the stunning Steve Austin defending the world television title against Tom Zink, and the enforcers, Arn Anderson and Larry Zabisco, facing Rick Steiner and Bill Kazmaier for the world tag team titles. Eh, not much there. And then the final one for 1991, Clash of the Champions number 17. This one didn't get a name. Savannah Civic Center, Savannah, Georgia. The two big matches there, the U.S. heavyweight title match where Sting defense against Rick Rude. This was uh, in a buildup to come out of Rick Rude coming back into WCW as part of the Dangerous Alliance coming after Sting. And then the World Heavyweight title where Lex Luger defended the title against Rick Steiner. Again, not much going on there in the way of excitement for matches. Sting, Rude, wonderful matches. Even their Dolph ones were like the Dolph Flair Steamboat matches. I mean, you watched them just because of who they were. But otherwise, uh, the card was not that great. So that's the first 17 clashes, covering 88 to 91. Next time we have Wrestle Extravaganza, we will be looking at the first 16 WrestleMania cards. That'll be September 30th when that one comes. Next week, we finish up our look at the Roman confutation of the Augsburg Confession as we look at what they desperately reject and deny as a false doctrine among the Lutheran confessions, most of that being Articles 21 through 28. Then we'll get into the interior of the tabernacle, all the pieces of furniture inside the tabernacle for digging deeper uh, next month, along with the PWA cards. But speaking of Pro Wrestling America, there are posts on the blog that have the house shows in between the cards that we do episodes on. Because it's hard to do a tour roving around the upper Midwest and not have little cards interspersed. Those will only be on the blog. So if you're interested in those, uh, look those up. Just go to wrestlingwiththeology.org, hit either wrestling or podcast, go to Pro Wrestling America. It will bring those blog post up. So I encourage you to do that. But until then, as we finish up Russell Extravaganza, we look looking at the Clash of the Champions cards, I encourage you, just as you have many of the guys wrestling over and over again in different types of matches over the course of years and storylines, that you continue to wrestle with theology and ask what I give you each week, God's richest blessings be upon you as you do that. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments about what you have heard on Wrestling With Theology, send an email to wrestlingwiththeology at gmail.com. 
If you have enjoyed this podcast, make sure you have subscribed so it will show up automatically on your podcast app. Please also share the podcast so that more may be equipped to wrestle with theology.